Welcome to the MF Gamers Podcast. This is Play Want Bin for March 2018. I'm Hendo, and here we have Simon. Hello. This is your first one, even though you do a lot of podcasts, this is your first one on Play Want Bin. Yeah, I don't think I've ever, ever done a Play Want Bin, even going back to the you know, the olden days when you did it, or Cyberpunk did it, or do you know, anyone that's made podcasts that's yeah. done the Play Want Bins, I don't think I've ever. I, do you know something? I never really fucking did the thread either. No, the, the thing about the thread always confuse me is people did it at the beginning of the month but it was stuff that had been playing for the last month which yeah. is why i thought right we're going to do this at the end rather than the beginning yeah it makes sense to finish it off doesn't it at the end of the yeah. month and then like bin anything that you've been playing and it's just like yeah i can't be fucking bothered with this anymore yeah people are peculiar <laughs> they are okay well i'm going to start off with mine and then we're going to run through some of yours last time i had a running theme which was Double Bastard Hard Games and it turns out that this time around I've also got a theme but it is revisiting stuff. Oh right. So last time I was playing exclusively on the Switch and it turns out I can only do one machine at a time. So my PlayStation had been abandoned. I turned on the PS4 last month to get Rhyme and well I downloaded Knack but I'm never going to play the bastard thing. Knack 2 baby. <laughs> So yeah, I downloaded all of them. I started playing Rhyme just to see what it was like, and it's fucking ace. It's really good. It reminded me a lot of Journey. Wow, that's quite a comparison. Well, I mean, in places. I haven't played much of Eco, but apparently it's a little bit like Eco as well. You don't have a companion with you, but... Right, okay. If you kind of combine the two, that's what it's like. It's definitely, definitely worth a play. I'm sure you'd have downloaded it. Yeah, it's like a bastard child of those two games. Yeah, so that kind of started me off playing my PlayStation again. And I mentioned last time that I bought the Switch version of Darkest Dungeon, and I already had the PlayStation one. So I thought, right, I'm going to see where my save is on the PlayStation version of Darkest Dungeon. So I booted it up, and I carried on playing, and a lot has happened in the last month. When me and Ben recorded that one, by the time it went up, I'd sort of broken through and somehow I figured it out. And the last time I was going about how it was basically completely unfair, which it is, I'm not going to say it's not, but I now understand a lot more about it. Is it unfair just because of the the randomness of it? Or is it unfair just because that's the difficulty level that you're looking at? The former, I would say. Say like you've got a team of four and they have to be in certain places. So you've got the healer at the back, you've got a couple of damage dealers at the front and you've got like say a mid-range guy third down and their moves are tied to where they are. So like the healer is no good at front. If you put the healer at the front, she literally can't do anything. She can't do any of the moves. Right. And if you've got a big tank at the back, he also can't do anything because all of his moves are depending on him being at the front. Yeah, it's like a priority system. And it sounds pretty obvious, like, okay, well, you know which order to put them in. But then, randomly, depending on your stats and on dice rolls, your team might get surprised. And if they get surprised when they go into a battle, the order will get completely switched. Can you rejig it on the fly? Yeah, but basically you're sacrificing a turn for each person you have to move. Ah, right, okay. You have to sort of sort your queue out by using the turns that make sense in like the shortest turns 
yeah. to get everything back in order. And you can only move one person one space at a time. So if you've got the healer at the front, that's going to take you, what, three, three turns? Yeah, three to turns. Well, back. no, no. specifically, I mean, you could move the healer back one and then the person that's in third, forward one. Do you know what to yeah. tie in? Yeah, so you sort of, you have to work out what is the best to get the people back in their playing positions. Yeah, but the problem is, while you're moving that healer, you can't heal anyone. Meanwhile, the enemy team has got all of their moves mm-hmm. and is decimating someone in your team. Yeah, yeah. I had that happen so many times, and it's not really your fault. And in that sense, it is a bit unfair. But there was lots of things about it that I didn't understand, and now I do understand a lot more about it. I still would go nowhere close to call myself an expert on it, and there are lots of things that I kind of understand, but I'm basically ignoring. But yeah, I'm really enjoying it. I've been going back every so often just for a quick run-through. Yeah, it's a, it's a great game. And also, the uh, the other point I was that was on my mind from the last month was Ben was saying how, oh, I'm not going to pick it up because... I'll never complete it and playing it for the past month the overriding feeling I have is that doesn't really matter yeah it's more about your experiences you get those sort of things in games like Spelunky and Faster Than Light it's not really about seeing the credits it's more about actually having fun and you're making stories up as you're going along I probably will never finish it but I don't really care it's just I don't know it's there's something about it. I really enjoy it. And also, moving on a little bit later in time, the next PlayStation Plus games came down, which one of them was Bloodborne. And even though I own it on disc, I thought, yeah, I'm going to download that. Yeah, you'd be stupid not to. Yeah. So I started playing that again. And initially I made a new character. That was a lot of fun. But then I thought, oh, I'll see what my old character's like. Ridiculously high level. But looking for a list of locations, because I wanted to see where... I had to go. I found all these pictures of um, screenshots and I looked at my list of locations like I don't recognize a lot of them. There's about three or four that I've never seen before. So I've basically been trekking around trying to find these new locations. Found one of them and it's a cunt to be honest. It's really fucking evil. There's enemies in it that are little slug type things that you kind of think are insignificant but if they attack you they give you what's called frenzy and basically your energy just gets zapped down and you instantly die. Wow. What? No, your energy or your health? Yeah, yeah. Well, same thing. Health, yeah. Not your stamina. Yeah, your health. So how do you deal with those then? Don't get hit by them. Is that it? You just don't get hit? If you get hit, that's it. You're dead. There's no way you're countering them. There's a lot of them. You walk into this area, I can't remember what it's called, Upper Cathedral Ward, I think? I've, I've never been there. I've played the game two or three times through. I have never seen this location. It's, I've never even heard of it. And, yeah, there's this, like, little slug, and you go, oh, yeah, swat. And then there's about ten of his buddies behind him, and some of them will basically jump out of nowhere. They're very slow moving, but if they hit you, you're fucked. And then you go a bit further on, and then there's another enemy that is also in the game somewhere else where if she throws this magic ball at you, you're basically stunned and you can't move. She runs over and siphons off most of your energy. And then you're also stunned after she's finished. If you've got any energy left, basically get the fuck out of the place and um, heal up. 
and then after that there's about five or six big werewolves and another one of those women that siphon your energy I got uh, I think about 20 times through I was trying this this level and it's fucking ridiculous people might not know but I do another podcast on YouTube and yeah. one of our bets we with the old gun debate in America me yeah. and Rick had a bet and we said if Jack Thompson gets brought into this whole thing do you know to sort of be like a spokesman for the rallying against violent games then yeah. one of us is gonna forfeit that bet and you know end up playing something and originally it was going to be Metal Gear Survive one of us was yeah. going to have to play Metal Gear Survive and then Bloodborne came out as the PSN Plus game and I said to Rick look if we're going to play a game we might as well play a one that's supposedly good like people don't really rank this one we'll play that and one and also won't cost you anything yeah yeah that's that's the thing like if it is if we do end up hating it it's not any skin off our nose yeah so yeah he lost that bet so he's going to end up playing it but I think I'll play it as well at some point just to see what the fuss is about I'm not really bothered about finishing it and anything like that no, no. mainly just to just go through it as far as I can be bothered and go, yeah, okay, well, I can agree or Joe, disagree with the people that have um, Joe played through it and Joe rank it as one of the... Look, basically, I'm, I'm just doing it so I can fucking fight people. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. arguing with people, saying, yeah, this is fucking shit. <laughs> You're all wrong. Yeah, going back to it, the last time they patched it, they really improved the frame rate. When it launched, the frame rate was terrible. I remember watching you play it on Twitch when it came out. Yeah. And watching you cheese through it with your fucking hard hit, jump back, hard hit, jump back yep. method. And I remember you dying quite a lot and the loading screen's just being fucking horrendous. Like, really, really bad. It's still really bad, but they improved it. Are you playing on a pro or just a no. normal PlayStation? Yeah, just your bog standard. I have no idea if the pro improves it. Yeah, I should imagine it does in some avenues. I think the resolution could be a bit better, but on the whole, it's really good to go back to it. And speaking of going back to something and being really good, I've been playing Burnout Paradise Remastered. So come on, what's the skinny on this? Because I haven't actually talked to anyone about this. You're the first person I've had vocalisation on this game. Is it as good as you remember? Yes. <laughs> That's the short uh, version of it. Before it came out, it was on EA Access. And I was on Rulemuck, sort of reading the, the thread on it. Right. And people that had been playing it had been very down on it. Very disappointed with it. Because I think they were expecting, you know, the level of the Master Chief collection where, like, press mm. a button to switch between the two different views. And it's not that at all. It is absolutely a remaster. That's, that's it. But the Digital Foundry video and article on it praised it, basically saying... It's not a port, it is an actual proper remaster, and they've done a really good job of it. Right. But it doesn't look like a brand new PS4 game. It, yeah, it don't look like they've done much, but everything's new from the ground up. Well, when you look at the, the video and the details, it looks like they've done quite a lot. They haven't gone, as I said, to the, the Halo Master Chief stuff. It doesn't look like a completely different game. It looks like how you remember it. Mm -hmm. Which means it is actually improved because it probably looks like turd now. Yeah. The sparks are really cool. I don't think I ever noticed them before. I think they've done a lot of work on smoke effects and sparks and lighting. Some of the textures in the background still look a bit rough. Right. But 
it runs how you remember it, it plays exactly how you remember it. There's a couple of things that if they could have done, they could have improved in the design, like things that have not aged as well, like life improvements, like um, there's no fast travel. There's five junkyards and it would be nice to be able to zip between them, like drive to one, actually physically drive to one of them and then you can move about to another junkyard because it's a big map. I've forgotten how big that place is. Yeah. Although I say that, I mean, you can travel from one side of that map to the other in minutes. I don't think it's as hard as, as a lot of people complain. I played that on Xbox 360. Mm. And I, got, I got all the achievements on that before they allowed you to restart races. And there was one race where um, you're driving like a GT40 ripoff. And I right. found the best way to, to get to where I were going. Uh, I think it was observatory. Now you start in the city and you go to the observatory. I found the best way to go was well, through the train tunnel and, you know, like along the train tracks. And I were always like a second off before I actually finished it. And uh, driving backwards and forwards, yeah, it was fucking infuriating. Nowhere near yeah. as fast as just pressing a button and Joe restarting the event. But it wasn't as bad as Joe, I were expecting it. Sure, infuriating, but not super, super, you know, it didn't take a long time. I played a lot of that game before, Joe, you know, they, they did a lot of improvements, like the bikes and, and the day-night yeah. cycle and stuff, that one in there. Like, you were talking about it being on EA Access, and mm. I saw people on my Xbox, on my... I, I can look through PC, you know, look at people's activity, because it's all one thing. Mm. And I'd see good people go on, earn one or two achievements, and then they won't play anymore, and it's that what kind of worrying for me, because she said that the people on... Were it Rillmock? Yeah. Uh, Rollmock, yeah, well, sort of Joe down on it, and it's like, oh, this Joe, it's not boarding well. I think they were maybe expecting something more. I think they've done a really good job. It is not the brand spanking new version of Burnout Paradise, but like the Digital Foundry article said, what we were expecting them to do and what they could have done was just port the PC version because the PC version was. Yeah already upgraded from the console one and bear in mind i'm playing on the base ps4 and i haven't got a 4k telly but apparently this is running in 4k and looks pretty good i think maybe for those people when we did the burnout special um a couple like a month ago now whenever we fucking recorded it i said Hmm. that nostalgia can be a bit of a bastard and i think maybe people went back in expecting you know that and their lines for what is enjoyables changed Mm. and Joe the Vought away disappointed I don't know the only opinions that I know of of like people that I relatively know is Ed and Nag both of which are playing at us again and both of which gone yeah this is fucking great mm. I've been playing it solidly for the past day or so before we started recording I was doing I think I was doing the same run that you were just talking about going along the train tracks yeah, in the GT40. It's like a, a Ford GT40 style, like speed car. There is one thing from the Burnout special that I wanted to correct. I made a factual error, which is the legendary cars, the movie TV cars. It's not the 18 van, which I said it was. It's the General Lee. Oh, right, okay. And the other thing, um, relatively quickly, one thing that I wanted to ask you on the Burnout special, and I never got around to it, is... Presuming that there's someone in the EA that has done this as a sort of tester, there's a higher chance than there was before that they're thinking about another burnout. 
what would you want? Would you want an old Burnout or would you want Paradise 2? I would probably go... Uh, i tell you what I want. I want another open world, right, job Paradise 2-style game set in mm. you know, a different city. Maybe a World Tour one, you know, with different maps. Yeah. So you'd have, like, a Europe, China or Russia or Australia, you know, so it's, you've got different biomes and stuff to, to race around. Because that was the one thing that I, I really enjoyed about the Horizon games, Joe, the locales. And, yeah. go, and even going back to stuff like Test Drive Unlimited, Joe driving around Hawaii. Like, I think there's a lot to be said for basing your tracks, Joe, in different areas of the world. Because it's just visually, it's more absorbing to Joe be just driving around the same nondescript city, American yeah. city. So, yeah. Paradise 2, I think that's the easiest way to, you know, say is the one that I'd want. Yeah, I've been thinking about it and I'm not really asked as long as they do a good job, whether it's linear or open world. As long as it feels right and it looks good and sounds good, I don't really care. Mm. I mean, the thing that they could do is to appease the people that are really, really pissy about the open world stuff is just make events that are linear. That's the other thing, actually, I wanted to mention that I made some notes on things that I wanted to bring up and one of them is the progression could be handled better the progression is not great I mean it's fairly obvious what you're meant to do but it could have been a lot better I think there's been a lot of open world racing games since Burnout Mm. Paradise and they've done a better job I think as well depending on which race which avenues you take because you can do any race in any order can't you from what I Mm. remember and the ones where you have to smash the other cars up are quite easy. And then yeah. you have other ones where you... I forget the name of them. I think they're called Marked Man. Yeah. Where you're, you've you've to escape to one area. And those get atrociously difficult towards the end of the game. If you don't do them, I could see them, Joe, being like blocking your 100% if you don't get them out of the way early enough. Well, the thing is, though, that once you've done your license, the whole map basically resets. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, shit, yeah. Does it? So, yeah, apart from the burning routes. So you've got the, say, like, um, there's a car appears, you take it down, then you own it, and then you change into that car, and then a burning route will be on the map somewhere. Yeah, that's right. So those are permanent, but the marked men, the races, stunts, and, and the takedown ones... They basically reset. Every time you upgrade your license, the, the map has been wiped. Yeah, that's right. I remember them Mark Man ones being the hardest fucking shit to do. Yep. I ended up sort of cheesing them. And I cheesed them by picking the shittiest fucking car that I could get away with. Because it sort of scales. So, like, if you pick the best, like, your mid-tier car, the cars yeah. are always going to be, like, four or five above you. Or six or seven, Joe, depending on, like, where your licensing is. So, I found that sometimes... Driving the car that you start with, as long as you know the routes, you're still going to be quicker and go than the ones that are like mid-table cars. If you're going the mid-table car, the, you're going to be driving against the best cars in the game. And the, the speed difference between you know what you're capable of and what they're capable of is greater than what the cars are between the shit-tier car and the mid-tier car. So yeah. I found it were better to you know drive the shittier cars sometimes. Those Mark Man ones, I remember driving a lot of them in reverse because the game couldn't, Joe, figure out how to uh, fucking get you. It was sort of, Joe, trying to drive it for... It still flips you out and, you know, causes you a lot of hassle. But that's one part of the game that I really, really didn't like. 
yeah, I'm not overly keen on the Markman ones. Uh, and my final thing I wanted to mention was um, it's still weird how the cars have no drivers. It doesn't get any more normal than over time. Because mm. at the time, like 10 years ago, it was strange. Now it's even stranger. It's just weird. Yeah, and the bikes as well. Whenever you crash the bike, the driver just fucking just disappears. Yeah. That's most of what I've been playing, apart from a little bit of Payday 2 review. So we'll we'll hand it over to you for this. Yeah, so what? how far did you get into Because we were doing the story mode, weren't we? The story mode yeah. in air quotes, yes. as it is. Yeah, because originally there was no real story mode in Payday 2. Mm. Well, the missions are sort of linked. There is a sort of chronological order, do you know, to them happening. And there is the faintest of stories. But I think it will... I mean, we, we played a lot on PlayStation 4, didn't we? And PlayStation yeah. 3. Uh, by the time we got to PlayStation 4, the Hoxton stuff were coming back in. And I think that's when they decided, oh, we can actually you know, have a timeline running through this. Because there's... Um, it's an old thing, Joe, with like rats and... I don't, have you played that mission yet? Uh, I can't remember. Do you know who Hoxton's rat is? I don't think so. Oh, so yeah, that's going to be fun for you then. Because we got the... I can't remember what it's actually called, but it's basically the everything pack. Like, all of the DLC they released. All of it. Apart from Ethan and Healer, for some <laughs> mad reason, are in the game. Yeah. Is John Wick in it? I can't remember. Yeah, John Wick's in it. Scarface is in it. Ron Perlman's in it for some fucking mad reason. Yeah. It's like all the people that can't say no to a job <laughs> have showed up in it. Yeah, I hope when Payday 3 comes around that a lot of this is Joe White, it goes back to um, to a more even keel. Hmm. Because I think they've gone slightly over. There's a, a lot of things that I think they're going to need to sort out. Like the guy that does Wolf, the voice of Wolf, is no longer at Overkill, so he's basically like a mute now. Right. Uh, apart from his lines, so I think maybe he'll, he'll might Joe, not make the jump. Yeah, it should be interesting. I think it could be possible that people sort of Joe have like an e-jerk reaction when Payday 3 comes out, like they did with Hoxton, when he were missing, they changed him yeah. from the American dude, and Joe, they end up being brought back in over time. But yeah, the story mode anyway, you're playing through the story mode <laughs> before I hijacked. I can't remember how far we got through it. There was a point where... We had a level that... I mean, my laptop isn't, like, new or anything, but it does the rest of Payday 2 fine. And I was in pretty much single figures of frame rate. It was horrific. Brooklyn Bank. I've played with people before. Like, I played that game a lot. Uh, even when you've John, not been about. I'm closing in on my second Infamy right now. Wow. And I played with people, and whenever Brooklyn Bank's come up, people have said, yeah, I can't run this, John. Can you skip? Can we pick someone else? Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah, I've been really, really enjoying it though. I was playing last night. I got back in and I was like, oh man, I really fancy playing something. Can't be bothered putting PlayStation on so I thought, Jump on payday. I got in one of the worst lobbies I've ever, ever been in. Astonishingly, there were a woman in. There's right. quite quite a lot of uh, women play this game. And then there were another guy that were acting like he were an actual bank robber <laughs> <laughs> on um, Joe Like Voice Chat. Uh, and they were just like, dude, just Joe, calm down. Like, you don't <laughs> need to be so aggressive. And it were like, um, he went in custody straight away and he were Joe, he really pissed off. He was like, take hostages, take hostages. Uh, for people that never played Payday, if you take hostages, once the wave breaks, you can exchange one of those hostages back for, you know, the player that got arrested. And he were just like, take hostages, take, and he was just saying that over and over again, take hostages. 
and it were like, dude, we've got like fucking seven hostages. Do you know, we just need to shoot people and, you know, you'll, you'll be back in. It was so aggressive and, you know, you can tell how bad it was. I actually left lobby after I was like, yeah, I'm not fucking playing with that guy again. Was he American? No, he was from London. He was so fucking bad. He was really, really offensive. He swore far much more than I do. And really, like, I swear, and it's I'm just sort of extrapolating sentences. Whereas he was being quite aggressive with it. Like, you know, right. towards people and just like... Fuck, do you know what? If he goes down, I'm not. I'll just let him get arrested again. I don't give a fuck. There were one point, and you haven't done this heist, I don't believe. But you know, I use the doctor bags. Yeah. The heist were moving on to a different area. I'd already been down like once or twice, and I used the doctor bag because it was just going to go to waste otherwise. And he were like, "I fucking mate, you don't need to do that. Joe, use a first aid kit." And I'm like, "Well, fuck off, mate. First of all, it, I put it down." And number two, we're moving from this area, so it's just going to get wasted if a journey would just... And the fucking most galling thing is, right? He was the lowest ranked in the fucking lobby. He'd only spent like 30 hours playing or something like that. And he was telling people that were like fucking... Do you know, I think the last war a couple of infamies in. And the other person were like fucking level 13 on infamy. And he's telling us how to play and it's like, fuck off, mate. <laughs> For people that haven't played it, Infamy is basically like a Call of Duty Prestige, pretty much. What happens is, once you get to level 100, you can... Basically, you, you can exchange your money and your level and get more XP each time you level up. And if you keep going up Infamies, you get more and more XP, and it costs you less to level your characters up. Yeah, so it just gets quicker and quicker and quicker. Yeah, but not only that, you sort of have... You have five different trees. You have a Mastermind tree, an Enforcer tree... Uh, technician, ghost, and fugitive is the last one. Every time you go up a tree, those points get less and less, so it might cost you eight points to get the Inspire Revive, but eventually, you know, you can get it for less if you keep levelling up, so you're getting more and more bang for your buck, or you're getting there quicker. And getting more skills as well. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I think it's a really interesting way of doing the whole prestige thing, because you're actually doing it for a reason. It's not just for your posterity. There's actually... You're getting a, a better chance of you're getting stuff drop at the end of the games, and you're getting more money and, and more XP. Yeah, it's, it's a shame that there's um, there's only really me and you on the forum playing it. Yeah, I thought at some point Sam Bob might have joined us. Tom had a couple of goes on it, but he's balls deep in League of Legends at the minute, so pulling him off that is uh. it's just not going to happen. I think it's a shame in general that there's not a lot of people that play together on PC when you actually get a good game on. On games like Payday, it feels great. Like that night that one of my other friends came on and we were playing Watch Dogs on Overkill. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, this is fantastic. Like the game's pushing us as far as it can, Joe, without making us outright fail. Yeah. And it feels good for it. What people probably don't, I don't even know if people will even know what Payday 2 is like, but my description to Sam was it's like Left 4 Dead, but instead of zombies it's like guards and police and there's more to do like in left 4 dead there's a couple of moments where go and press this switch or something but in payday it sort of expands on that yeah yeah there's a stealth element to it as well if you want to do that there's different kinds of levels where you can here's a a tiara in one of these safes in this jewelry store go in and get the tiara do you want to try and do it stealthily and take people out silently hide from cameras or you just want to basically go in guns blazing 
shoot yeah. the brakes down, grab the tiara and get out. And the tiara could be anywhere as well. I've actually played that tiara level and a tiara has been in front. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've never seen that before. But yeah, it's actually... So normally the tactic is you go through the back window, don't you, and, and sort of drill the safe silently. Yeah. Take the guards out and, and sort of, you know, deal with it that way. But yeah, I've, I've done that and I've opened both safes and it's been like, ah, shit, it's in front. So it's, it's totally knocked me sideways. So you have this random aspect to it. It's quite an absorbing game to play. Although it's the same thing over and over again. There's enough variations, you know, within the the RNG of how it spawns the levels and yeah. the NPCs and the guards and the cameras and all that other fucking stuff that it never really gets old, even though you sort of know what you're doing. I think it's the best yeah. way to explain it. Yeah, that's true. The whole reason I go stealthy in this is because I look at the list of stuff and it's like, what do I find annoying and what can I fix? So one of the things that annoyed me was the lockpicking was so slow. I was like, right, I'm going to get lockpicking. And as you go up that skill tree, you go, actually, the stealthy stuff sounds more appealing to me than like you favor being the, the bruiser and I favor being the quiet one. So it's a good combination to work with. Yeah, I think when me and you are playing together, our builds complement each other because I, yeah. I can take so much damage. Uh, you take damage and you just fucking fall over like you've made out of a paper towel. Yep. But the way that I have built myself is they just want to naturally shoot at me. I've got, you know, a better DPS than you. I can absorb more damage and I can absorb more attention than you. So if I stand next to you while you're lockpicking, you're just going to be left alone. John, anything that is stray is not going to, you know, cause you too much problems. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's sort of the idea behind that game. Like, I mentioned the mastermind, the enforcer the technician and the ghost and fugitive trees, is that you can reach quite a few of those capstones now in the way, you know, that the points work. So I started wearing the heavy duty armour, like the full fucking body armour, and maxing out my medic stuff so I can just shout at people and, you know, revive them. Mm. I've found that that tends to be, like, really, really beneficial. I don't feel like I'm letting the side down. Like, sometimes you see people going into games and... I feel like I'm carrying them. Whereas if I go in like that, I know that if nothing goes wrong, I'm going to be fine. You're just soaking up bullets and shooting back and making sure that people are fine and you know that the drills are tended to. But if it does go south, which on very hard and overkill, it, it does fucking go south quite a bit. Yeah. People don't know what they're doing. Then I'm there as like a safety net to you know, make sure people are revived and, and the, the well stocked up with heels and stuff like that. I always find it quite nice that when you get someone that's got a build, you know, that's like interlocking with mine. Hmm. So, say like a saw build is really, really nice to have. Oh my god, like those builds are so fucking good. I wouldn't want to, you know, be that primarily as my build. But when I get a saw user in my game, it's like, oh god, this is so fucking nice. I don't need to worry about, you know, fucking spending loads and loads of time and... You're shooting enemies and making sure Joe, that I'm stringent on my ammo, monitoring my ammo to, to make yeah. sure Joe, I'm going to make it over the next fucking four or five minutes as picks uh, unpicked for Joe taking loot out. Because they're just going to go zzz, zzz, and Joe fucking, they're just going to bust those fucking lockboxes open as soon as they fucking get to them. And that time saving stuff is, I think it's tantamount to Joe having a good fucking loadout as the four people that go in. Yeah. There's no quite like it on the market. There's, the, there's that World War II one, which is sort of like a rip-off of it, but 
for sheer content and, you know, support and stuff, I can't see anything, Joe, getting close to Payday 2. Even though it is kind of fucking janky and, Joe, it's got like a million problems that once I'm done yeah. playing, I, I will probably go over, I'll, I'll probably do a massive fucking post about it. Saying, hey, this is, Joe, this is what they need to fucking change for Payday 3. Like, these parts of the game are unacceptable, you know, in the state that they're in. Yeah, there's a lot of jank in there. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, in general, they weren't expecting it to be as big as it was. Yeah. It's not often that you get a game that is like Payday 2. You don't really get to play as your the bad guy in that situation. The anti-hero or whatever you want to um, you know, call it. Mm. So it's quite a novel concept. You don't see much of that thing. Which is a shame, really, because I think there's a whole market for something like that. And if they had the competition, you know, it's going to make the games better. Yeah. The, the reason for Payday 2's prominence within its little community is that it's the only game offering that sort of thing Joe there's no real competitors for for it to butt heads with so what else have you been playing uh, the other game I've been playing is Warframe I had a little bit of a holiday away from Warframe because of like stuff going on in my life and stuff um, it's just you know I couldn't be bothered getting coming home and booting the Playstation 4 up so I think that's why I, I played Payday 2 so much because it was just there in hmm. the PC in the living room. But yeah, I've, I've gone back to Warframe and, oh God, it's such a fucking good game. Like, it takes a little bit of resettling into because of it's not your typical third person, you know, shooter. Hmm. But once you get back into it, it's like, yeah, this is... Do you know in uh, Titanfall, like how it's really nice to move about and wall yeah. run and do all that stuff? It's that. That's the best way to explain it. It's third person that. Everything is just so smooth and it doesn't feel like, you know, I'm being hitched up on anything or anything like that. I just feel once I get into the, the fluid movement, you can basically fucking sprint through a level. It's it's basically a bullet ballet. That's the best way to explain it. You, there's not, you, you never need to stop. You never need to be, you know, running on the ground with your feet. You're either sliding along the floor or fucking running along a wall or pirouetting through the air and, you know, double jumping. It's, it really, really is incredible. The old loot aspect of it, they've managed to take a free-to-play aspect and, you know, make it interesting. There's this uh, workbench and you, you can craft stuff. So, say, like, you go to the store and you'll go, that gun looks nice. I'll buy that gun. And you get a blueprint and it'll say, like, okay, you need so much ferrite, you need so much rubidoux, you need so many credits and you need an Orokin cell or whatever. So you go out and you play the levels, and the way that the levels are built is like 2.0 version of how the levels in Payday are built. Right. So they're sort of random every time, but you can sort of notice, you know when you pick that drill up in the car park in Harvard and Trustee, you know if the vault is at the front or the back, just where the, the icon is telling you where to go. Okay. And it's sort of got that aspect to it that, the rooms are joined up. I tell you what, it's, it's a 3D version of Diablo. Do you know how Diablo sort of stitches levels together? Diablo yeah. 3. It's a 3D version of that, but it doesn't feel shitty. I've played a lot of games that have tried to do this, you know, on-the-fly randomization. Uh, Tower of Guns were one, and it was just... There wasn't enough tile sets there for it to be interesting. You are basically, oh, I'm going to go down a tunnel, 
now I'm going to go into a room, now I'm going to go down a tunnel, now I'm going to yeah. go into a room. Whereas Warframe doesn't have that. Everything feels organic, even though you know, the tile sets are there. Of course, there's like capstones and stuff you know, that stop you from going you know, where it's like the level looks like it continues, but when you get in there, it's just a, an empty room. Hmm. Uh, it might be full of loot or something. Or I, I use loot in a loose term. It's you're basically giving you bits to you know make your guns and your armor and your bits and bobs that you can craft. But it needs to be experienced to you know like truly get a grasp for it because me fucking prattling on about it isn't you're doing it any fucking favors. <laughs> you look at someone like um, Skill Up who did, like, a fucking 20-odd minute video on it, and he just he barely fucking scratches it. Mm. And he's much better at talking than me. He's got a script. He's not fucking Joe working, like, freestyle. And even someone like him, Joe, barely can contain everything that's in that game. And it just keeps fucking growing as well. Like, every time you go on, it's had a patch. That's the thing about free-to-play games, because I play Clash Royale every day. I, don't, right. I never talk about it on podcasts or in the forum, because who cares? But... Clash Royale gets updated, maybe not weekly, but monthly basis. There's new things to to get because they recognise that's your bread and butter. If you mm. stop putting content out, then people will stop playing. Yeah, the mad thing with um, Warframe is, is they'll patch it while you're playing. And it's just like, yeah, just stay in your game, it's fine. You know, they'll hotfix it. I don't think I've ever seen a game that's you know, been treated as well as Warframe when it comes to, you know, looking after it on console. Like, a lot of quality of life stuff as well changed. I think games like Grand Theft Auto Online could benefit mm. a lot from looking at you know, the, the way that Warframe handles itself and goes, hey, look, Joe, we're obviously, we want to sell us shark cards and all that business. Everything's exorbitantly expensive. Joe, we could do with uh, making your life a bit easier so Joe, people want to play instead of, like, yeah, they, they could, with the amount of money that they're making, it's probably dwarfs what Warframe's making. But Warframe oh, yeah. is actually tending the game and you're making sure that things work and sure there's there's like bits of jank. There's an open world bit which is called Planes of Eidolon which has like a your day night cycle and it has dynamic missions so you'll be trundling about there and it'll go, oh there's something you're falling over here, do you want to go look for it? And then you'll go look for it and it'll sort of kick off a change, you know, or emissions and you'll mm. gain rep and stuff. It's like the people that play Destiny and, you know, spend hours fucking levelling up factions rep would be right at home in here, you know, if they, if they sat and just spent some time with it. I'm currently on really on the cusp of paying 40 quid, you know, to get the credits and stuff, the platinum. Mm. Uh, not because I need it, but because I've spent over two days, I've spent 40... 50 hours on this game now and I've only just had to spend some of the free platinum that they give you it's really fucking generous like it really really is generous like as I said I've been playing Clash Royale and I've given them money the first time after I've been playing solidly for a month it was like I would have paid £5 for this so I'm going to give them £5 mm -hmm. and get something out of it I've spent in two years that it's been out I've spent over 100 quid, easy right but if you're playing it every day, then... Yeah, that's my justification is I've played this every day bar one day or so over Christmas. I was hanging out with mates. I didn't really have time. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I've put a lot of hours into it. So I've given them a lot of money. And I'm still like 100 quid is nothing to that game. People spend 
thousands upon thousands upon yeah. thousands in it. I think if a free-to-play game comes along that you dig, you should basically go, right, how much would I pay for this? Therefore, I'm going to give them that much. If you'd have gone like, yeah, 20, 30 quid, that's, that's what this is worth, then give them 20, 30 quid. Mm. If I'd have known what Warframe was going to be like, if it were a game release now and it came on a disc and it were on Amazon, I'd be like, yeah, 40 odd quid. Mm. I, I'd give them that, like, no problem. Because I know that the content's there. There is some issues that I do have with it. There's a lot of stuff where it's like, it sort of railroads you into doing this fucking dog thing so you can get a dog pet. And it's like, oh yeah, go get this Kubra wig. They're called Kubras, these dogs, but they're just basically like your dog-cat hybrid things. There's loads of different breeds of them. It's like, okay, right, now you need to get this, this item. And it's like, okay, right, where do I get this fucking stuff, or this like material to make this item? And you look and it's like, oh, it's in Saturn that I need to do this. And right, 50 hours in, maybe even 60 hours, I've still not got to Saturn. I'm wow. in Jupiter now. I'm doing like, um, so it's sort of, you have nodes on planets, but the nodes sort of double up as, well, the nodes are all random. So when you go in, it's sort of building level out of the tile sets. Mm. But you have levels on top of those, which are sort of randomized as well. But they have an objective in them, Joe, that's different. So maybe a vanilla level will be, I don't know, kill, like, I can't remember, elimination, which is Joe, go and kill X amount of people in this level. But if you get a special level, a story mission, it might be, or go hack three terminals, do you know, in this level, or go on like a mobile defense. It's the same node, but there's different missions, you know, within those nodes. And like a lot of people look at something like Destiny and go, what's the weekly mission today? Like, what's the nightfall? And then Jod will sit and they'll do them on like all three characters over the space of a couple of nights. On Warframe, it's just constantly cycling. Just objective after objective after... Do you know when... Um, I've spoke about this um, before with Diablo, where you sort of go, oh, I've just got a new legendary weapon. And then you look and it's like, oh, I need to level up before I can use that. So you level yeah. up, but in the time that you level up, you get like an XP bonus, which means that Joe, you're gaining XP at a, an accelerated rate. So you think, yeah. oh, I'll just play until I've got my accelerated rate out of the way. And then something else happens. And you're just constantly just stuck in this loop. And, and that's the way that Warframe works. Like, there's a lot of things going on that I'm not going to fucking go into here. Go read the fucking thread <laughs> that I've put thousands of words into. But there's a lot of things going on that sort of... It don't matter, Joe, what, when you get on or what you're doing, there's always something to do. And you can't say that for other games. Do you know, of that ilk, you can't say that about Division or Destiny or even Diablo to some extent. There's always something, Joe, on the table for you to complete. And I think they're very, very lenient with the you know, the stuff that they give for free. There's like missions you know, where you can sort of pop up and they'll say, oh, you can get this, I think they're called side dinos, which is basically their way of saying this is cosmetic. Hmm. So you can get like cosmetic capes and, you know, different style helmets. I'm using a, a unit called Rhino now, a Warframe called Rhino. And I have different parts of his body that I can, you know, sort of make that I've got from those missions that run for maybe 30 minutes an hour it's really fucking good like i urge joe people to try it at least joe give it 10 20 hours if you can because it's one of those games that the more time that you spend with it the more you appreciate it you know what it's doing and if you just go into it and joe walk around the levels and go 
oh well I think I've sort of seen you know what it's doing now you're doing yourself mm. a disservice Joe you, you're not seeing the whole picture so you played it for quite a bit and presumably you're pretty levelled up if I played with you playing basically from scratch would I get fucked no because the actual you have um, this is going into like like technical aspects of it now but the levelling up works a little bit like Skyrim's in that in Skyrim say like you use destruction magic a lot or illusion mm. magic the bars on those illusion magic and destruction magic levels up and when it gets full it goes into your main bar do you know right. your actual thing that allows you to level up your health your stamina or your magicka in this it's called um, mastery rank I think it's called and basically you get it's like uh, do you remember the VR missions in Metal Gear Solid the ones oh, that yeah. sort of it sort of puts you into an area like that and it'll go okay you have to kill these enemies within this time limit with your primary weapon and then the one after that John, when you level up is you have to kill all these with your secondary weapon and then the one after that is kill them you know with your melee weapon and then after that it's kill them you know however you want and then there's after that it's you have to do the hacking minigame right and each one progressively gets harder so there could be a point where you get stuck and because you can only do it once per day you have to keep coming back and, and trying it smaller booties capped at level 6 at the minute mastery rank 6 because he can't kill the people quick enough just one of those where it's like it's a really tight time limit and you have to wipe the mobs out before the, the time elapses there's a place where you can go and practice just so you can sort of get an eye in to see what you're going to be up against when you do rank up but the only way to rank up is by you know sitting these exams as they are and you know passing them Hmm. I think it's an interesting way of doing it as well because, like, you know, if you see someone that's high rank, you know that they're capable of doing those things. Whereas in Destiny or Division or Diablo or whatever, you just know that those people have played for a long time. So yeah. you could have played for 200 hours, 300 hours, but if you're still low mastery rank, it means you're, that you're struggling. You're not able to pass those benchmarks that the game's asking of you. Okay. Well, as we're recording this, the next couple of days. I have three, so I might jump on with you. Yeah, it's worth jumping on, and I'll um, we'll we'll play some. I know this won't go out as, but we'll be playing together. If you want to come and join us, now's the time. Like we'll make a yeah. farman up and like try and explain, you know, what the fuck's going on. So yeah, we've done as play part. Um, what would you consider your wants for this month? Game wise, the when this podcast goes up two days earlier, there will be a way out. Out. That I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, me too. You're not on your own there. Yeah. So I think it's 30 quid or 25 quid. It's quite cheap. Yeah. I'm not expecting anything more than Brothers to Tales, just with better production values, but I'm fine with that. I'm totally fine with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm expecting a bit more, in story terms, a bit of GTA, I think. I don't know what I'm expecting. I just know it's going to be good because he's, um, he's a talented chap. Yeah. And he doesn't give no shits. Yeah, fuck the Oscars. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Non-game-wise, I'm not going to go too deep on this at all because it would bore people to tears, but I want the um, the Mueller investigation in American politics to come to an end because that guy needs to go. It's tantalisingly close to being finished, but as we're recording this, they'll probably try and fire him. Along with like twenty billion other people have been fired. <laughs> yeah, if we if we hold on long enough, we might end up with a position in the White House. The rate oh, of the fired people. 
<laughs> oh, that'd be ace. Yeah. Well, with more chance of getting a position in the White House than we have in the Kremlin. Fucking <laughs> because <laughs> because uh, Putin will be fucking leading that until the fucking day he dies. Yeah. He probably, he probably got a fucking mechanised unit that they're going to put his brain into after his body dies. He's going to be like yeah. mecha, mecha Putin. And been probably the same, been what's going on over there and what's going on over here as well. Let's not have favourites. Mm. How about yourself? Uh, once, I want more time to go into, into the breach. I bought it on release and I've just not really had time to sit down and you know, study it enough. Hmm. To like, I think you have to be in the right frame of mind for games like that, and I just haven't. It's sat on my desktop, like an icon on my desktop, and I look at it, and I've hovered over it a couple of times, and then I've just put payday on because it's like, Joe, I don't need to think for payday. It's just like, yeah. go in, get down, you fuckers. I'm taking all your jewelry and you know, I'll then back out. Yeah, so yeah, I'd like to play that at some point. I want to play it, but uh, when it's going to happen, I don't know. Uh, the other thing that might surprise people is I, I want the enthusiasm to come back for playing Monster Hunter World. Wow. Yeah, I got up to the sort of the final run for the before the credits spill and it's just zapped my enthusiasm for it. It's always been kinda shitty. I am um, I got to this point in Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate and me and a guy called Trauma Dog sort of Joe managed to bust through it. And when I busted through into the G rank it was fine again, Joe it got fun. But mm. Those peaks are going across you know, a rank, whether it be in three ultimate, four ultimate, or generations. I just don't find them fun. Like the they're taking everything to the nth degree, and I just don't like that. I like the more you know the campier monsters, the ones that aren't as serious. They're not the ones that aren't going to fucking end the world. Mm. I prefer those sort of fights over the fucking you know, the more perilous ones. Yeah, they do nothing for me. And I think a lot of them are just cheap as fuck as well. See, I'm still expecting the, the Monster Hunter podcast to appear, or is that not going to happen now? No, it will happen. It will happen. I need to finish first. Uh, it'll finish. It'll happen a couple of months down the line, you know, when everyone's sort of job can reminisce on it. So, yeah, I think that's my wants. Bins, man. We're at that time of year where I'm fucking going to bed and I'm just sweating like a fucker. But if I put the light <laughs> duvet on... I'm too cold. Like, fucking sight out, whatever. Joe, make your mind up. I want to fucking be warm in bed, but I don't want to mm. be fucking free. Like, just come on, play ball. It's fucking, it's agony fucking going to sleep and just fucking Joe waking up in like a fucking mountain of fucking sweat, a pool of your own sweat. It's just not nice. So, yeah, that's my bin. Fucking weather. Yeah, weather is not great. Absolute shite. Well, on that note, I think we'll sign off then. Yeah. Sorry for no gaming bins. <laughs> so I've been Hendo and I've been Simon okay goodbye